0: You haven't been trying to play this, have you? Oh, my word. Oh, dear. We are in trouble, aren't we? Just as when I turned up. You don't mind, do you? Yes. And I do feel you should have the correct explanation. Oh, I see. You're both All to open. open. Yes, and what do you do? all quite simple. I am he, and he is me. And we
1: are all together, Goo Goo Kichu? What? It's a song by the Beatles.
0: Oh, how does it go? Oh, please be quiet. Here! Come! Hello, 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 and welcome to Pull to Open, the ongoing quest, the only ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who, the television series, in completely random order. My name's Chris Taylor.
1: And I'm Pete Paschel and Chris and I are a couple of journalists, a couple of guys, uh, a couple of people who have been on a random journey for quite some time. Uh, and this time there's only two of us, which <laughs> might become relevant in a minute or two. But I'm going to let Chris bring everyone up to speed on where we've been lately so that you have the proper context.
0: There there are only two of us, but maybe a third will appear on a video monitor in the background with a lot of uh, glare on it. Uh, But previously on Pull to Open, three stories ago, we were with a certain doctor named Patrick Troughton, one of the greatest ever doctors, uh, having fun on the moon with him in the Seeds of Death. Two stories ago, we were a uh, doctor who's a little more debonair than than, uh, than Troutonish fun. John Pertwee sipping wine and getting timey-wimey in Day of the Daleks, a uh, whiz-bang season opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, season season nine of the original show, in fact, that may become relevant. And then last time, we rocketed forward in time because the randomizer realized that it was Remembrance Day when we would be posting this episode, and posted the only episode of the Doctor wearing a poppy and uh, saluting the dead of World War One in Human Nature slash Family of Blood. Uh, then we took a little side trip to uh, look at the original Star Beast, which, uh, by the way, the day that we're posting this is coming up we'll we'll get to exactly <laughs> when you can watch it in a second uh, but the randomizer rests for no star beast and it rocketed us f- backwards again and here we are <laughs> with some more appropriate programming here we are at the 60 60- we've now passed the 60th anniversary of doctor who so while every other Doctor Who podcast looks at the 60th anniversary, we bring you the 50th anniversary of the 10th anniversary. That's right. The randomizer has brought us to the three doctors. The Boom. Of season 10. The big, Good setup. big season 10 opener. Thank you.
1: Yeah, season 10 was huge, and we've actually done huge parts of it already. We We have. As I recall, we've done Carnival of Monsters, uh, which immediately follows the three doctors, and a couple toward the end of the season, or, well, there was Frontier in Space, I think that's like midway through, uh, as well as the Green Death. So this is it, we're rounding it out. Only Planet of the Daleks, I think, after this is the one. If I'm, if I'm remembering my seasons correctly, is the Indeed. one that we won't have uh, ticked off our season 10 bingo card.
0: Indeed. And we're getting close to a bingo on the blank doctors. Uh, <laughs> we True. Have, we have previously done the two doctors. The randomizer has chosen to do the blank doctors in numerical order. So we did two. Now we're doing three. Oh, <laughs> the <final> yeah. <laughs> there Genius. are no other ones. Right? Well done, Randomizer. We, we see the method in your madness. Um, yeah. And also, the fact that we did Carnival of Monsters before we did Three Doctors echoes what the Five Faces of Doctor Who, that famous series of repeats in 1981, did, where they gave us the Pertwee story for the Five Faces. Uh, And then the next week showed us the three doctors. So if you were paying attention, you might have wondered why is the doctor able to roam around now? And then suddenly he's given his freedom by the Time Lords in the next story. Uh, but yes, I have fond memories of The Three Doctors from The Five Faces of Doctor Who, and we'll we'll definitely get to that.
1: Well, I hope um, we give for the folks listening even more fond memories once we start commenting on it, uh, yes. which, of course, you can fast forward to if you really want to. If you're just here for the commentary on The Three Doctors, the time code for when that commentary begins should be very prominent in the show notes. If you're on YouTube, just scroll down. But trust me, folks, you would not want to do that. We have lots to say. About what is going on today. I probably should have opened up with happy <laughs> uh, return of Doctor Who, everyone. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We have uh, some results and poll to open about Day of the Daleks and uh, a few other treats. So, why don't you come with me here into the poll to open pulse loop?
0: Of course, fetch it, Damon.
1: Hey, folks, in case you're not sure, Pull to Open it has a presence outside of your ears and your eyes, if you're watching on YouTube. We are also on the World Wide Web at our own website. It is pulltoopen.net, and it is a place where you can subscribe not just to the podcast but to our newsletter. So uh, we send out a newsletter every week with full notes on the stories that we comment on. We get some raw thoughts from us into that newsletter and it actually covers some some points we probably don't always get to in the podcast so it's definitely worth uh, a subscription and we also occasionally will post other things so it's a good place to check it out and support the pod another place you can support us is on patreon you can become a patron at patreon.com slash pull to open uh if you'd like to become a member a patron we would greatly appreciate it and uh go ahead and visit us there um, yes, and indeed. And, something- and here's
0: what we're doing for you in return. Uh, we, we do lots of these things out, out of the love of Doctor Who. Uh, tonight, if you're listening to this on the 25th of November, on the day that it goes up uh, on our various host services, uh, then... Be aware that the Star Beast is coming. We now know what time it is coming. It is coming at six thirty PM Greenwich Mean Time. Crash landing right then and there. That's right. Black Castle. Where is it again? (laughs) Black Castle in the comic books. (laughs) Yes, we have yet to see uh, to where Donna has moved. uh, Wherever that is. No, I think it's it's pretty clear that it's london it's camden we see you know uh we see the doctor in camden market uh in the trailers anyway uh we that is going up uh the actual show is going up at six thirty p.m greenwich Mean meantime that's 1 eastern if you're in the u.s um uh, and uh we will have our commentary up as soon as we possibly can after that we're going to watch the show we're going to get together we're going to talk about it um by the way uh we're going to do that <laughs> with me here in costa rica <laughs> which is this is our <laughs> first well not our first pull to open on the road because i i've previously been in the northeast of england uh for the time meddler uh and for mark of the runny uh go check out our podcast on the time meddler for some b-roll i took of the uh, the abbey where the monk was but i'm going to be here in costa rica for a few weeks folks so that's where we're going to be doing the starbeast commentary from and, so i feel uh, like you should uh, yeah.
1: have told everyone you were secretly in a wildlife preserve in buckinghamshire i think that would have that's been a little more apt
0: that's right i mean uh, some very secret units facilities here top secret <laughs> uh with no guard on the gate uh, just come on in um but no <laughs> no, i'm here celebrating not just dr who's birthday but my own uh i'll be here for a while but thanks to the magic of technology uh I'm able to join you warm. We were able to post our thoughts on the Starbe. So we'll well, look at us that. bringing
1: you guys amazing content week after week no matter where in the universe we happen to be. Um guys, this is a great reason for you to support the podcast in even another way, which of course is leaving a review for the show in whatever podcast app you're listening in. Apple Podcasts is a great choice. Uh, but you can also do it in things like Spotify and wherever else. You can leave a rating. A simple star rating would be great. Or if you like, you can leave a whole review. And that review doesn't have to be all that long. You can just leave a few emojis. And what we really like is when you leave a few emojis in the form of a Doctor Who episode title. Those are super fun. They fuel our emoji challenge, which will be back next week. Uh, but we could definitely use some more of those emoji titles. So please go ahead and send them in.
0: Yeah, we've got so much to talk about this week uh, that uh, we're, we're not going to torture me, uh, as usually happens in the Humoji Challenge. Uh, I'm taking a week off because, of course, I lost uh, the previous Humoji Challenge mm. to uh, one Stephen from Edmonton for Radio, Radio Free Scarrow. who has taken home the trophy. So I need I need, my, I need my Rocky montage moment where I'm just in the gym, like looking at Doctor Who titles while pumping iron. Um yeah, you so can go ahead and in-
1: find that moment if you just go back to our Human Nature podcast. it's uh, it, it was great. It was a great time. Stephen swung by the pod. Uh, a good time was had by all. Definitely
0: yes. uh, one to check out. The web planet. I'll never forget the web planet now. Um, but Spotify listeners, hey, if you're on Spotify right now, then poll to open. The poll to open that's at the bottom of your screen. Go ahead. Look at it. Look at your screen. Look at our backgrounds. And, and then look at the poll at the bottom, pull it up, vote on it, vote on what you think of The Three Doctors, but also go check out our other podcast because we keep our polls open. And we have some ratings now from Day of the Daleks, from our previous Pertwee outing. And John Pertwee, would like you to know The Three Doctors is definitely a John Pertwee joint. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's, let's hear what you had to say about Day of the Daleks. Pete, who won? The Daleks reign supreme with sixty-six point
1: seven percent of the vote. That's pretty amazing. Way to go, Daleks! Uh, I really missed my meet. chance
0: to throw it to you with report. Uh, <laughs> That's just. We'll fix that in post. Uh, yeah, the Daleks got sixty-six point seven percent of the vote. Well done, Daleks! A uh, crushing victory. Uh, over both the Viscount Banger and the Professor Hater, the only other two ratings to place. Uh, amazing that, that nearly 17% of you thought that Day of the Daleks was a Viscount Banger. Maybe you mm-hmm. really, really enjoyed the CGI version. Uh, we said it was a Dalek-Hater hybrid. Or I said it was a Dalek hybrid. Sorry, Pete, you said it was a full-on Dalek, so people agree with you. Yeah, Uh, I was was technically a a
1: Dalek-Dalek hybrid. It depends which version you see. the The original is kind of a run-of-the-mill, lame Dalek, and the CGI one I really enjoyed, which uh, Mm. more of an Emperor, more of a Supreme.
0: So Dalek upgrade, if you will. Mm. Uh, But yeah so that's our result. Please continue to vote, and please continue to uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, Like, subscribe, follow. We have some big, big YouTube news this week. Pete, what don't they know? This time there's a thousand of us. Or
1: even more now because, (laughs) hey, we've got a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Thanks very much, everyone who subscribes there. It's definitely worth doing. If you haven't, please do. It really supports the podcast. And you can, of course, see us and all the Easter eggs we have in the background. Get the visual jokes we might be referring to when we forget to describe them it's just a great way to, another way to support the pod. Indeed. I'm going to say that my, you see all our shorts. You see all our shorts.
0: I'm going to say that the, the garden that you can see in the background is my homage to the scene in the garden with William Hartnell and the three doctors. Uh, That's yep. That's that's the five doctors, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, wasn't, wasn't you see him briefly in the three doctors when the time lords? Oh, that's right. The
1: little black and white. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Where they did the promotional photos. Anyway, we will wrong we with was, the colour on the, the Time Lord's <laughs> monitor? We'll get to that. They they didn't pay their license fee. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Uh meanwhile, yes, TikTok yep. is another place that you can follow us where we have more than eleven thousand followers. Uh, so catch up, YouTube. Yep. Uh, you can and you listen can, to the podcast yep. on the app! Right here. You may even be watching us right now on TikTok. Well uh, listen. Which God bless you if you are. <laughs>
1: God bless you, indeed. We're also on all the socials, of course. We're on Twitter slash X, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads, all at Pull to Open sixty three, and also on Blue Sky at Pull to Open. All right, folks, it is the return of Doctor Who tonight. Um, mm. That's really exciting, and now we <laughs> here in the past, we've just found out when that's happening uh, precisely. Which will be at six thirty p.m. London time, I believe. Right, and, indeed. So yeah, it's going to for- be right. Up, it's going to broadcast right then, and it's going to go to iPlayer right then. And I have to presume it's going to go to Disney Plus everywhere else right then.
0: Either so that's it going goes to be Disney Plus, or it gets pirated and Ms- Disney loses out the opportunity to get more subscriptions. So yeah, I'm going to say you can take that one to the bank.
1: Yeah. So 6.30 p.m. I mean, the only the only possible th- th- alteration of this would be it actually goes earlier to some parts in the world that are mm. earlier than London time. So if you're like in Japan or Australia, Australia might you get it yes. earlier? Or would you get it more on the super late? I guess it wouldn't be late. It'd be like on the
0: 24th. If That's a very good question. I know that the Australians are very concerned about the fact that it's moving from ABC to Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Uh so any bone that yeah, Disney D- talk about would be that. Great. Yeah. He was here. Yeah, Disney he, Plus go ahead go ahead throw the Australians a bone. Give it give it to them a day early.
1: Well then but then the pirating happens, right? So oh, I think the Australians you got do
0: pirate anything, it's not like they're <laughs> criminals. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: But I mean, if working backwards from America, so if it's six thirty PM London time, we're talking. What is it? We're on uh,
0: standard time now, so is that five hours? Yeah, so five hours behind on the East Coast. That's one thirty PM the East Coast. Uh, Shout out for my Pacific peeps, uh, who are eight hours behind. We're gonna get it at ten thirty AM. My goodness, you lucky dog! I've got to
1: wait till uh, mid-afternoon on the Saturday after Thanksgiving to begin our uh, watching, our family's watching of that special. And that is, of course, when we will watch it. And shortly after that, we will have uh, some hot takes here on Pulta Open about the Starbies. So we're jamming the randomizer for once. Since the (laughs) beginning of 2021, I want to say. We have been on a random journey every week, apart from occasional side trips, but this is the one time we're gonna be doing uh hot ticks, hot takes on the contemporary broadcast of Doctor Who ever yeah. which we haven't done since Jody whittaker's
0: uh series twelve. Regular listeners know also the the randomizer is a cruel and capricious god. So we will of course be adding the star beast to our codex that the randomizer chooses from. Now mm-hmm. the randomizer can still choose the star beast for us, uh, the following <laughs> week. Uh, so maybe it will <clears throat> trap us and beep the meep territory and we will have to have done three podcasts, count them three podcasts on the star beast in the space of a month. <laughs> but if, if, we're, if, if we're stuck there, we'll, we'll have to do it. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. uh, so that's coming up uh, with more news that we've just learned uh, from the mouth of Russell T. Davies, who has said that there are going to be no Daleks or Cybermen in Shootie Gatwa's first season. He uh, didn't say anything was... about the
1: leptils though. Uh, so they're, they're we're still, still holding out. out. There might be leptils in the
0: first season. We'll see. Yes. There are <laughs> dozens of leptils fans out there. Dozens. Um uh, but you know what? That, I mean, that's a classic first season thing, isn't it? And by the way, uh, we are going to be calling it season one now on Disney Plus, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Plan. I guess that makes yeah. sense. I mean, as a Disney Plus show, I, I sort of feel like it's that influence. I forget what Davey said exactly about this. Um, I'm sure he's totally... Uh, down to do this, like this sort of reboot. The problem is, and I'm sure he's a Doctor Who fan. He knows the problem, which is that well, there's already a season one, and it was broadcast in 1963, um, in yes. 64. But
0: are we going to like, have what? to refer to it as new New Who, <laughs> right? <laughs> what new, newly old Who? Since so many viewers are now viewing it as that thing they grew up with.
1: Surely there's a third word we could have used like there's season and series which is sort of how you generally differentiate the two um but if you wanted to sort of reboot and start again isn't there like what what else could you use a grouping
0: mm. <laughs> grouping uh, very special episodes uh, volume volume 1 Ooh, Volume One! I like it. Sure. That is very Disney. They use the volume for for the Mandalorian and series like that, just name for their their uh, you know their their special effects. Yeah. Uh, so that could work. Okay, all right. I'm calling it Doctor Who Volume One. We should probably
1: uh, respect those listeners and perhaps yes. cut <laughs> to our commentary on the three Doctors because there's something I really want to get out of the way.
0: The way hmm. that we always start our commentary on. A random Doctor Who adventure is with the segment we like to call TLDW—Too Long Didn't Watch, Too Long Doctor Who—where one of us takes turns to summarize the story in question in record time. Wow! Uh, who's this that?
1: week, what sucker! What sucker has who that been?
0: Is that sucker indeed? Uh, shall we? Shall we toss for it? No, no, we shan't. <laughs> we <laughs> already have. Not too late, Chris. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the dandy, not the clown. Or oh, no, wait, it's the clown, not the dandy. Um, anyway, no, no, it's no, you had a person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it is. Useful. Are you ready? Because you get thirty seconds to uh, summarize each individual episode. So a grand total of two minutes for the four part, uh, three Doctors. Uh, what do what do you think about that?
1: It's. Fine, Yeah, this is about two minutes worth of stuff. Um, Again, as with every TLDW, as Stephen observed during when we were doing Human Nature and the Family of Blood, it's going to be front loaded with a lot of detail from episode one. Probably skip over a bunch of stuff in the middle and then wrap it up because that's just how it goes. You know, I'm really going to try not to do that. And uh, again, I don't think there's too much here, but we'll see. There's certainly plenty of rabbit holes I could go down. I'm going to try to avoid those.
0: All yeah. right we will be entering the Atomata realm and giving you pull open's official summary of the three doctors in two minutes starting in three two one go. Okay this
1: balloon crashes on a wildlife preserve. it's got things that something about it that disappears people they recover it and take it back to unit because it's being weird and they realize there's this light thing that's attached uh, that that is a beam that's sort of going to a black hole or something so what the what happens is this thing comes out of the uh balloon's container and it's sort of this gel creature and then these other gel creatures start to materialize all over the place around unit hq and they start to disappear things like essentially every time they touch something it just sort of goes away and then includes bessie and the wall of the lab and stuff so what happens is uh they realize there's uh uh, there that the time lords are in trouble separate from all this their their powers being drained and it's all coming all of it's coming from this black hole so what they do is they get the, the the because all they can do to help the doctor is send his earlier self the second doctor to help him and he's there in the TARDIS in the UNIT HQ they also send the first doctor to give him even more help but the first doctor is sort of trapped in a time eddy so he can only talk to them through the um, through the TV screen but regardless they need to real they realize they need to go to where the, this blight beam goes to into the black hole. So the doctor sort of sacrifices himself with Joe. They both get transported to this weird planet, which is actually Omega's realm. Uh, Cause Omega controls what this place is. Cause it's an antimatter universe and it's, that's what's through the black hole. So what happens is, they also turn off the force field and because the Brigadier and Benton are in the TARDIS everyone gets sort of transported to seconds. this Omega world and there's the gel creatures and they realize Omega has sort of been driven insane by his isolation and being uh, hurt in this Sandy matter universe which has actually completely stripped him away. He's got, brought the doctor there so the doctor will replace him because he can't leave uh, without someone replacing him but there's no one to replace. He's completely gone. When he takes his mask off he's basically transparent so he wants the doctors to stay to keep him company. They agree to help him by only if they sends everyone back, but there is actually a piece of, of, uh, of, of matter still in the force field. And they get going to knock it over. It blows up. The antimatter universe is destroyed. Everyone gets instantly transported back to earth. And the, do- the time Lords forgive the doctor for help because they helped them out. And his exile is over and send his earlier selves back to their time streams.
0: Didn't do All it. right. Two minutes and 15 seconds. And uh, good job. Uh, the, yes, there does turn out to be more to this, and we, we did once again fall down the rabbit hole of uh, the the opening <laughs> that goes uh, precisely nowhere. Uh, but good job. Uh, I, with, I like, will. The wildlife preserving crap? Yeah. The wildlife preserve, yeah. I will. Uh, th- the one thing I, I feel like I want to say in the voice of Patrick Troughton is it's not a piece of matter, it's a recorder. <laughs> um yes the the, yes. the second doctor's recorder uh plays a big role in this all right yes well done Was it ever um <laughs> thanks i got it all in there so it's the You've three doctors it. boom it's the three doctors It barely even matters what happens it's about seeing the dandy and the clown together and the painfully old guy on the video screen uh you know mm-hmm. tossing barbs at them um you know, but, it's a pure, it's an exercise in
1: nostalgia and fan service mm-hmm. before people really appreciated what those things are. I mean, certainly nostalgia has been around forever, but in the context of a TV franchise, I mean, just think about when TV was invented even, right? Like, mm. it wasn't really mainstream until the 50s. And yes. at this point, it's really only like 20 years or so of TV. There actually is in terms of the yes. sort of common lexicon. Pretty and much. just this is sort of when, hey, maybe we bring stuff back and people who were watching things 10 years ago can appreciate what we're doing now by, you know, having, having
0: it reference itself. How about we, how about we try that? I mean, it, yes, it is arguably the first piece of fan service, literal fan service in doctor who maybe in anything. Yeah. Ever, right. Because what else had been on for long enough? You know, Star Trek was canceled after three seasons. Like, you yeah, know, it was in reruns I at guess- this point. Yeah, you could say it was fan service to bring Star Trek back because they were answering, you know, to for a third season, right? Uh, when they they had that letter writing campaign, but this was one where Barry Letts, uh, the producer of Doctor Who in the in the uh, Pertwee era, had had people had fans say to him for years, you know, it'd be a great idea, put all three Doctors together in the same show, and he's like, no, that's ridiculous, for. Yeah. Many years, and then needing a whiz bang season opener uh, no. for season ten, having the tenth, yep. tenth anniversary. Although this, we should say this, tech, this did not go out. This we celebrated yeah. the tenth anniversary a little prematurely at yeah, the beginning of nineteen seventy three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was no real tenth anniversary, but spe- you know this is sort of technically it. But yeah, it, it actually started screening. At the end of 1972, it was kind of almost a, a, a holiday special, uh, right. a New Year's special, you know, um, more than anything yeah. else. So, yeah, so it's yeah. got that fan service element to it. It's But it's like, this is fan service? Like, it's not that big a deal. Well, and it's also, it's funny, like, all the classic who, honestly, all the multi-doctor
1: stories, if you think about it, are never and I, you know I, I, I want to just qualify this like I do I do like them all and I think you know of, uh, they're all of varying quality and they it's always good to see more doctors but they're it's never fully what you want it to be mm-hmm. uh, and, and how could it be um, but in this case the obvious thing is Hartnell right he's obviously the weak link because because of his condition he was not well um, yeah. definitely um, sort of in the waning years of life he could only be on screen because he couldn't just come to the set he just couldn't function at that level and so what they ended up doing how this all got started is like barry Letts had called him up and apparently got him on a good day according to his wife later and he agreed yeah totally i'll come back for the show and then after they'd sent out publicity after they'd planned around it like essentially had arranged everything like his wife calls back and is like look i know he told you he could do it he can't do it like mm. he just can't, like he's not in the, a good condition. And so they figured out a compromise though. They figured out, okay, if, if he's just on a screen, if we just, you know, drive him to wherever he needs to be in front of a camera and have him read lines mm. from a card, he like he will be yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again, we'll take it. Like as fans, yeah, like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I mean, it's too bad though, that he can't be there interacting with folks. And then obviously in subsequent appearances, they had to recast him. Um, which works really well. But like I say, like three Doctors, five Doctors, and even to a certain extent, like the Day of the Doctor, you don't get fully what you want because in Day of the Doctor, even you, even though it's an amazing show and in, in our hot 100, it's number one, um, you still don't have Eggleston. You know, you really wanted to see him and uh, you wanted to see all the New Who Doctors, but they didn't, couldn't quite do it. And again, that's just the reality of making TV. You work with what you have. And, uh, you know, they worked really well here.
0: Yeah, a, a, a day of the doctor. Yeah, perfect example. Like uh don't have Eccleson, invent a new doctor. Can't can't yeah. put William Hartnell on the set. You put him put him on the screen, like have him get trapped in time. You know, again we we it again for the five doctors, right? Can't can't get Tom Baker. Oh well. Exactly. Uh, a little bit of sharder on the cutting room floor. Let's use that. Yeah. Um Use a wax so figure for the publicity sh- shots. Indeed, indeed. Oh god, that Madame Tussauds figure. Uh shame they didn't use the Meglass one, really, for, for mm. that. But we'll, we'll get to that right. when we get to the five doctors. Megloss!
1: Um so and, and it's and, kind uh, of okay here because what you want to see, what really, really works, is the Trout and Pertwee dynamic. Mm. Um, you know, you it almost doesn't I mean it occurs to you certainly because Pertwee went in a different direction. The show went in a different direction when he took over. But you kind of forget almost like, oh yeah, he's really different from the second Doctor just in terms of a character. And they play that to the hilt. And apparently it was like, uh, even on set, there was uh, not quite tension, but there was a little clashing of styles between Patrick Troughton
0: and John Pertwee, which comes out in the best possible way here. Clashing of styles and one might almost say a clashing of an ego uh, mm, that ego being Pertwee's. so so this invented the multi-doctor story right and, and right. we can you know it's it's kind of a mess in the way it's sort of, like patrick tratton just appears in the TARDIS, right? right uh like just his hand appears to pick up his recorder and like oh he's just there like they've never yeah, done that again
1: and it's funny that he's not bewildered at all about what's happened to him yeah like, you feel like someone's carefully explained to him exactly how this is going to go and exactly where he's going to appear and what to do, which, <laughs> again, you don't care because mm-hmm. he's just a delight. Like, as soon as he shows up, everyone's just beaming. Like, oh, my God, he's there. So Trouten, he's the again.
0: Troughton was happy to come back. He and Barry Letts were old friends, so he was happy to come back. Pertwee, they had to go to him, and, and he had to get assurances that it would still be his show. And here's mm. the, the point to which Pertwee was kind of... Uh, insecure about this in the script he is doctor number one not doctor number three <laughs> Hartnell is doctor number three in the script he's <laughs> doctor one right uh, so he uh, he he also got he got a veto on companions coming back uh, because I gotta say this is given we we talked about this at the Seeds of Death my, my little crush on Zoe on Wendy right. Padbury Zoe could have come back for this
1: but for the fact
0: that Pertwee thought that would be too many returning companions and it would take attention away from his era. Hmm. Uh, We could have seen Zoe in color. Thanks, John Pertwee. Well, I will say the thing
1: is, and we see this with the five doctors later, once you start bringing back people en masse, like the, the roles get thinner and thinner and thinner to the point where some of the people they brought back for the five doctors are literally not even their own characters. They're just ghosts that are Mm -hmm. essentially cameos, which is fine to some extent. um, But it is like, if you're bringing back Zoe as well, then you have fewer lines for everyone else and you need more for her to do at some point throughout. And what do you do? Do you get rid of the Aulis character? Do you get rid of the Tyler character? Maybe.
0: Yes, please. (laughs) Well, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We can get to that. That's a good point. But it is is a bit... um, you'd have to sort of rework it in a bunch of ways and uh, I, and you also have to explain like where's Jamie right because they were together yes. the entire time
0: well so good good segue to the other potential returning companion uh Jamie they Fraser Hines right. they reached out to Fraser Hines he the role that Sergeant Benton plays in this mm-hmm. uh is basically almost all of of Jamie's lines and uh Benton and Joe Grant get get a little close there's there's some you know, mm. there's some uh, hand-holding going on. There's some let-me-protect-you-Joe-ness right. to it. That was a reflection, uh, perhaps an echo, of the fact that uh, JB and Joe were supposed to have a little bit of a, a romance. Mm. Nice. Uh, which yeah. would have been fascinating. would love to have seen that. So again, uh, we're denied, not by Pertwee this time, but by a British soap opera called Emmerdale Farm. Uh, which is what Fraser Hines was doing at the time. Now I grew up watching, or rather my Nana grew up watching Emmerdale Farm. And it was the most depressing thing. I think I, I, like the theme, uh, theme tune and the just, uh, the the whole so not really cheap not sense. intentionally
1: depressing. It was just depressing yeah. because it was it was it bad.
0: depressing to me. And now it's like even more depressing that Eberdale Farm is what stood in the way of of bringing uh, Jamie back to Doctor Who for the three Doctors. Damn. Really would have Scheduling made it. I mean, this, this this is a story that like this is one of those stories that they tell in Hollywood of like, oh, you know, and the yeah. lead actor died and that, well, this happened and that happened. It, it just the production was plagued and cursed. Like there's so much that had to happen to the original script, uh, mm. which was uh, from uh, Baker and Martin, the team that did the mutants that we previously mm. uh, visited. Uh, it was actually a- after they did the mutants, they were asked to come up with this story. They had this very elaborate thing about death world, and the three mm. boxes are going to be sent in to combat various iterations of death. Like Whoa. you know, so that was where this started. <laughs> you know, then it, it just keeps getting progressively downgraded to, oh no, we can only have one villain and let's call him Ohm, because that's who upside down. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that becomes Omega. And it just and the, the sets that they had were were much more elaborate than what we got. The gel monster was uh, rendered in a very in a way that apparently the crew laughed when they first saw the gel monster costumes <laughs> in this. Um, and uh, a long time ago, I issued a challenge to the randomizer: take us to a bubble wrap episode. Uh, this would have been a good one because apparently the gel monsters were basically just covered in giant bubble wrap, and they couldn't fall over, you know, because they. <laughs> <laughs> because their bubbles would pop. Uh, oh,
1: interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And those gel creatures, that another reason to hate them, but it's funny. Dude. Yeah. You brought up uh, Bob Baker and Dave Martin and a little um, interesting fact. We have Bob Barker and Dave Martin bingo for tweet. So hey. <laughs> they went on to obviously write a bunch of stuff uh, for Tom Baker's doctor. We've only done one of that, uh, which was the invisible enemy. But uh, yeah. this is what else do we need to get. Uh, they did the Santar experiment, the Hand of Fear, mm-hmm. Underworld, the Armageddon Factor, uh, and without Dave Martin, Bob Baker did Nightmare of Eden. So My we God. got a ways to go before we get full bingo. But we did. We do. This is the last Pertwee story that we have not mm-hmm. done of theirs. So yeah, and it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it it does what it needs to do. Um, it's too bad about some of that casting, although, you know, when you get lemons, you make a little lemonade at least. So mm-hmm. there is a nice moment where Troughton's doctor, uh, recognizes or Benton recognizes that his doctor and they have a neat little, Hey, remember we were like oh, going toe to toe with the Cybermen. Yes. Yeah. And you get, you get those neat little moments. Like he gets the corporal Benton. And then later they use that device in modern undead when they refer to Colonel Lethward stewart mm-hmm. Uh, so like, all those ideas of, oh yeah, I remember, you know, it's just, just all the Stokey knows nostalgia feelings uh, again and again.
0: Uh, but yeah, it and, is interesting. And speaking of thinking- things that would be used again and again, Troughton also gets that awesome line that we've seen repeated. Uh, we've seen it in closing time. We've seen it in day of the doctor. Oh, you've redecorated. I don't like it. It's so <laughs> perfect for his mode of, of speaking. Uh, and we should say that's where a lot of the, um, you know, we, we think of this as a, a given now in multi-doctor stories, right? That, that the doctors were kind of at, at loggerheads with each other a little bit. right? And it, it's 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 all because of this. And it all goes back to the fact that, that Trouton and Pertwee had very, very different ways of acting. Troughton was an ad-libber.
1: Mm-hmm. He, he would yeah. change
0: the line and Pertwee was a perfectionist. He would learn all his lines. And so he would get thrown off when Troughton would change them. At the last minute, he'd be like, "I don't know how to react to what," and you can almost imagine this as a doctor versus doctor to- conflict because Trouton said something back to him like, "My dear fellow, perhaps if you just concentrated on what you were saying instead of <laughs> waiting for what I am saying." Uh, well, my Troutman impression is getting better over the years. Not bad. I like you. See you. In a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then and, and Pertwee would just go, like, How do I know what to say
1: if I, uh, unless you're saying, I, I know what you say, or something like that? Like, there was the middle argument. Fellow,
0: <laughs> uh, my dear fellow, how can I possibly know? I, I also, like, a lot of people have suggested that Pertwee kind of knew that he was going to be acted off the screen by Patrick Troughton, hmm. which he is. Um, I'll also say that the Patrick Troughton that shows up here. A lot of fan have sort of described this as kind, kind of an ersatz second doctor, like a, a different character called the second doctor, which is what yeah. he would go on to play in every other multi-doctor story that isn't really the same as what we got in the 60s, right? There are just a few flashes of it.
1: Yeah, I'd say it gets... He takes a while to get his sh- sh- feel back, at the, to mm. fit the shoes again. Uh, I think early on in this, and particularly episodes... To one, well, one, two, 1 and 2 are, he doesn't feel quite like the Trouton we know, especially and that's mm-hmm. especially apparent having just sort of come from the seeds of death a few stories ago. Um, yes. I do think he loosens up and gets much better and comfortable in 3 and 4, particularly for and that has honestly some of the best interplay between the two of them when Troughton is deliberately trying to annoy Omega and Twee's doctor has to essentially continually apologize for him. And you can sort of tell this is where that frustration that he had with and style is coming out for the better in that like he, I'm sure that a lot of that exasperation he's displaying there is real, but it's great mm-hmm. because that's exactly what he should be doing in the scene. And then of course it gives Trout that great little moment of, yes, I'm being a complete tool right now, but that's, I have a plan. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Like it's kind of like that was that was really really neat. So very satisfying,
0: very satisfying. And we do ju- just as we see the doctors. Actually, you know, if you haven't seen if you've seen the three doctors before, but you haven't seen it in a while it's kind of interesting that there's not as much of that banter, the back and forth banter as you'd expect. Like there is more Mm. cooperation than you'd expect. Uh, And that does also reflect the fact that they did kind of finally come to a a, a agreement on like how to do this acting thing, uh, which is that Troughton graciously agreed to do it Pertwee's way. Uh, Mm. You know, kind of acknowledge, look, you're the star of the show. Uh, and this would become much more acknowledged in later multi-doctor stories, right? It was just—it's obvious the more doctors you get, then like the five doctors, it's Peter Davidson's story. Like, there's no question, yeah. uh, and he he wouldn't have to feel insecure about that. But you can see, especially as Pertwee is starting to realize, like, oh, I'm I'm not even going to be able to outact William Hartnell because he's not going to be on set. Like, it's just going to be right. me and him. So, you know, I've got to establish my primacy here.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And let's talk about Hartnell for a bit because he comes on, on the screen. Again, I, I, it's too, like, you're delighted to see him because it is, oh, it's the yeah. first Doctor, it's really him. But if Troughton is sort of off a bit from his persona, like Hartnell just yeah. comes across as completely almost a different person, you know? Like, he's clearly reading the lines, he's looking to the side. Again, we're delighted it's him, but it doesn't really feel quite like the first doctor and it's made even worse by you know the production values at the time Uh, i think they just couldn't figure out at least in the short period of time they had to make it because they never have enough time to make the show how to have uh it not be a live viewing of of it the actual video on the set because Um. it just doesn't it you know you get these bad reflections it just looks muted uh it just doesn't look good you know, it's already a screen on a screen and usually in shows what they do is, you know, they'll put it in in post. Right. And I don't think mm. they actually did that here because you can see sort of reflections and stuff like that. So it's it's just made a little bit worse by that. That said, yeah. it's still Liam Hartnell. He still has a couple good moments. He gets the dandy in a clown line, which is epic and perfect and delivered perfectly, uh, even if his intonations might be slightly off. Uh, but it's it's. It's now that's that's them <laughs> that is yeah. that is now the shorthand for the second doctor and the third doctor. Like if you see any yeah. write up of them to people unfamiliar, um, that's that's what you get. Especially Pertwee, Pertwee,
0: it's dead on. Yeah, the dandy and the clown is, is perfect, and it definitely established this notion that the doctors did. You know, we it's the first time of like looking back and saying, oh yeah, we have created these different personalities for the same mm. for the same guy and And look at them all here together and yeah with 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 hartnell it 's kind of like you know you 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 take what you get i mean so so the background to this uh William Hartnell died of arteriosclerosis it 's right. what he was suffering from on the set, like part of me, if I could jump in the time machine and go back and do anything to save his life i 'd be like. Please, Bill, give up give up the booze, give up the cigarettes, you know, and right. at least yeah. you will be healthy enough to make it through 1973. And we can have a proper epic celebration of the show that you will be remembered for forever. Um, but yeah, he's, it, it was said that on on certain days, yes, the day that Barry Letts got him, he was in a good mood. It's also true that on certain days, he didn't even remember that he was in Doctor Who and could apparently yeah. get quite distressed when fans would come up and ask for autographs, which is so sad. So, yeah, he's reading off cue cards, and you kind of have to allow for that. And, uh, you know, he's got a bit of a sort of a sickly sheen on him. Like, you can see that he's kind of sweating yeah. in under the studio light. Uh, there was a fan myth many years that this was done in his garage, uh, that hmm. he was not well enough. So, like, they just had to film it there. And you can believe it, right? It looks like it's just like, oh, we've just... Right. Seen- film this in the blackness of the garage so maybe you kind of want the reflections on the screen right to kind of muddy that a little bit maybe that's why they didn't didn't worry about it too much Hmm. um it is interesting i wonder what you think of this i'm gonna i'm gonna shift from from the sad behind the scenes to the intriguing uh head that we have to issue here the first doctor and technically the second doctor are still fugitives like, right, unless exactly. you're going to see season six be this, the Time Lords are getting two fugitive doctors involved in the doctor's own time stream, and there's no mention of it. Yeah. So how do we, what do we do with that information?
1: Well, I think you also have to, it's very much related, attack the memories question and what sort of happens when he meets himself. And I think this is easily hand-waved away by lines in Day of the Doctor, where it's like timelines are in flux, I'm not going to remember this, am I? So I think we can take that to mean when the Doctor meets himself, generally only the latest incarnation actually remembers the things that happen. So there's that. Um, Whether that's simply an effect of timelines being in flux, or a deliberate erasing of the memories, which I would think is probably more likely when the Time Lords are involved, um, I think you have to do that. But I do think Yeah, it is a bit glossed over about um, when the Time Lords approach the earlier incarnations and transport them. And there's no like, well, it's nice to know I get to a point where I can rejoin my people at some point. But let's, you know, that's neither here nor there. We got to deal with this Omega stuff. Like if there was a sort of a throwaway line like that, which is what you do today, right? Like a Russell Davies or whoever would, would probably have that scene, uh, probably a mini scene within a scene of the realization of an earlier Doctor is like, wow, interesting, okay, this is what happens to me. All right, you know, there'd be like, <laughs> you might even do a, 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 an amusing sort of cut of like, let me bring you up to speed and then just sort of this slow zoom out from the earlier Doctor, Who. wow, really? <laughs> the Cyberman? It's like, <laughs> and Adric, wait." Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's it interesting is and, and you've you've actually got me uh, thinking about something that may yet happen. So we've theorized and remember we're recording this before the sixtieth anniversary specials. We've theorized that RTD what RTD might be setting us up for is Guard were coming in early. Hmm. Like having a multi-doctor story, but right. like a doctor literally a doctor from the future kind of in the same way that Peter Capaldi was in Day of the Doctor, but more than just the eyebrows, you know. Yeah. Uh, if that is so, does that mean that the 14th Doctor will then lose all his memories <laughs> and only mm. shooting will remember uh, what is actually going on, which uh, could be interesting given that the 14th Doctor appears to not understand a lot about anything anyway. Uh, yeah, the whole memory just, you know, thing, I
1: mean, the thing is we, we get worried about it as fans and it's, I think it's fine to hand wave away. I think you can have fun with um, certain lines that you could, you could throw in. Uh, But again, and it all breaks down at some point because again, yeah, you're right. If the future doctor doesn't even remember what he did earlier until he experiences those things with his earlier versions, and then he has all the memories, I mean that's that's the only way it works, right? Because otherwise they just know. And it's worth noting that in Time Crash, which throws all this off, right? There's the whole bit where the tenth Doctor remembers what he did as the fifth Doctor because he remembers the meeting. Mm. In it's all like
0: timey wimey, certainly. But and <laughs> even even in Day of the Doctor, where they establish that the their memories get wiped, you you have instances of the Doctor getting an idea, and then the other two. Get yeah. the idea, like, almost, oh, oh, I remember having that idea, you know? Uh, so, yeah, it's like a lot of Doctor Who canon, like, you can drive yourself mad trying to... Yeah, I think what you need
1: started. to do, if to explain it for this specific story, there's stuff that happens off-screen with regard to the Time Lords and the earlier Doctors, clearly. So, when they get them out of their time stream, there's a little conversation, and it's like, we're actually not the Time Lords you're running from, we we for future versions of those people and now we need you um mm. yeah again time lord so, society you think there would be a lot of this happening this sort of from the future and sort of timey wiminess of it um but there's clearly laws of time we could talk about that for a minute there's the they're violating the first law of time here which is yeah first obviously first a legal law and not a physical law because they violate it so first and law it's, of time is
0: don't cross your own time stream
1: yes yeah apparently and okay. we see, I, I like it. I, I, it's a good rule because, and and I, I think they've sort of dealt with this, particularly with Father's Day. Father's Day to me mm-hmm. works a lot because it violates all this stuff and then things go absolutely wrong. And there is disaster with regard to time. And, it, you know, it almost swallows the earth based on dialogue in that uh, story. So yes, do not violate your own time stream, but there is sort of a theory I forget which book this is in, whether it's the Discontinuity Guide or one of these other sort of famous tomes in Doctor Who that, well, violating the first line of time is a no-no. But if you're a Time Lord and you have entirely different sort of genetic structure, which you would need to completely change your appearance, maybe this is enough to sort of not endure the worst aspects of crossing over your own time stream, Mm. right? So you can, you can meet your other self, just not the same self. So in other words, you can not have Colin Baker meet Colin Baker, uh, but you can have Colin Baker meet Patrick Troughton. So, and and not have disaster or have a less of a chance of disaster. That's, that's sort of the headcanon you have to
0: attach to it. Indeed, and uh, you're sort of reminding me here. By the way, this is not Pertwee's first multi-doctor story. Given that we've just been to Day of the Daleks, which features two Pertwees uh, ah. meeting we'll each other. cards last... for that, I guess. <laughs> All Pertwee multi-doctor stories, as long as well, you don't know, count Planet of the Spiders. Oh yeah, <laughs> good, that's true. good points. Yes, and five doctors. So, if, if you yeah. count regeneration
1: stories as multi-doctor, <laughs> which they're not really.
0: Yes. Uh, well. Okay. Um, Let's, let's talk about, let's catch up on the Time Lords as well. Uh, okay. I, I like that idea about the genetic structure being being enough to, and that maybe this sort of tells the Time Lords that. So in future multi-doctor stories, it's actually fine. Nobody bothers uh, even saying it. Like uh, the Doctor has pioneered this this uh, awareness that different genetic, genetic structures, uh, all you need. But the Time Lords, so they yes. are in their kind of intermediate costumes there's mm-hmm. sort of half war games with those those robes, uh, right? Or with the sort the the, the the robeless, uh, the capeless uh, robes, right? And yeah. but now, like Loida no has a has a cape, no funny yeah. hats yet. Uh, but yeah, so, fashion I'll, on Gallifrey has definitely changed.
1: Let me tell you what my regard of the Time Lords in this story is with a question. Is this the worst depiction of the Time Lords or
0: the second worst? <laughs> What's your view? I mean, there have been so many bad depictions of them, and I'm, I'm on record as, as really not liking a few of them. And uh, I know you liked Arkham Infinity better than I did. I really don't, didn't like the Time Lords in that. And here it's just sort of kind of inoffensive. It's just like one control yeah. room. Uh, with the ta- I guess the Time Lord President comes in, well, is the guy in the
1: case. I guess they don't have to be offensive. Yeah, I, I forget which one's the President and which one's the Chancellor, because you forget which one's the President and the Chancellor, because they're all just kind of these bland guys in robes talking to each other in a control room somewhere. I think, mm-hmm. honestly, this is probably the worst the Time Lords ever get, because they are so bland and unmemorable it's just a regular everyday. This could be this bridge of the enterprise, right? There's no, like the sparseness of the war games actually worked really, really well to add. And we said this in the podcast at the time uh, to add to their mythos and their mystique. And, oh, they're godlike. And here they just, you know, mm-hmm. it could have been out a Buck Rogers. Who who cares? Like, then <laughs> they just got monitors and they, you know, bringing mm-hmm. stuff on screen and to a large extent, I think that's a bit why they suffer in arc of infinity too. definitely not one of the better ones, but I would put th- mm. this one even lower. Like it feels like this is almost a baby step toward what we later see in the deadly assassin and which sort of completely, you know, grounds them and humanizes them, but in a very yeah. smart politically astute way, whereas here they're just kind of like just another alien race doing whatever with, with, screens and technology, even though the things they're talking about sound really fantastic with black holes and Mm. light speed or faster than light beams and whatever else they're using. Um, you just, you just feel like, I don't know, they're just air traffic controllers.
0: The the black hole, by the way, the name for the original uh, script of this was, was, was the black hole. which uh, preceded, would have preceded the Disney movie by by seven years, but uh, but interesting on the Time Lord front. In the original script, there was supposed to be uh, there were supposed to be screens showing like the location of every single Time Lord in time and space. Which wow! I guess they, they couldn't figure out how to do that. So the control including the master. <laughs> I guess so. Right. Interesting. We'll be back two stories um, later. I will say so it is also somewhere. interesting the Time Lords really use, you know, appearance and disappearance of stuff in this. Like, like the second doctor just suddenly magically appears. But also when they officially pardon the third doctor, mm-hmm. there's, there's there's no ceremony. There's no, uh, you know, reading of a scroll. There's nobody like, oh, here you go. You know, here's your personal possessions back. Here's your memories back, whatever. No, yeah. just the, the dematerialization circuit. Um, or it, yep. that's what Just it is. Right? Yep. yep, That's what it is. Just yeah, appears. The yep. And the doctor's like, go. "Hey, I yeah. got my memories back."
1: Yeah. Well, this is again. I, I will say, like, there's some cool. Even though the Time Lords visually look really lame, there is a lot of cool Time Lord lore and even Doctor lore here, which is to say, well, a lot of it's a back read because he gets the the dematerialization circuit back, and he gets the sort of mental blocks he had for operating the TARDIS and the laws of time. I guess. All removed, so he can he can basically travel wherever he wants again. But even better, right? Because really, up until the pertui era, and this point, like he, it was the TARDIS was essentially a randomizer most of the time. It just sort of landed wherever he, it just wanted to, well, where where he needed to go. And Mm -hmm. even again, recently, we went to Seeds of Death. The Trouton explicitly says like it's not really suited for pinpoint travel to just go to the moon, even though they seem to consider it, which suggests that maybe they, they do occasionally sort of go where they want to go. But mm. you had this, this is great because you, you can get a lot of head cannon out of this. So you could either, you can interpret a number of ways. I've seen it written that, Oh, maybe he always had a block on his, on, you know, so there were some blocks since the beginning of mm. partner leaving that he didn't really know how to operate it. Um, or it was not a block. Maybe he literally just didn't know and you know didn't study at TARDIS school well enough. And so the Time Lords actually gave him more than he had in the first place. But my read, and I've, I think I've said this before, my theory that Ken and I bring to it is that Pertwee actually used his time on Earth. Like with the doctor grounded there for years was basically, all right, I'm actually going to pull out the manual. I'm going to <laughs> study how this works and realize how to actually set coordinates and do stuff with this machine that he never did before. So when he got everything restored in this story, he could actually steer the damn thing. And he got better and better at mm-hmm. that over time. And you know, we've seen those later Baker episodes, Tom
0: Baker episodes, where he goes,
1: the TARDIS and I are getting rather better at these short hops.
0: Um, I love that idea of you know. the, the doctor going to night school off screen. <laughs> uh, and it does it does make me think, I don't know if you watched Loki, uh, the, the Marvel tv series that got very very timey-wimey just the first Uh, season it it has just finished the the second season is the final season highly recommended Mm. it is not a spoiler to say that at some point loki has to go off screen and learn quantum mechanics and like time travel theory for centuries and then comes (laughs) back in the next scene having spent centuries learning it wow it is fantastic i know kung I
1: fu that. does he say that <laughs>
0: <laughs> no it's sort of like the exact opposite of that right just like uh century okay now i get yeah. it uh so uh yeah. even though he's a god it does take him a while and kind of you know the doctor's a very low-key character himself so it seems appropriate um but i so want let's to just not- pivot yeah well, I, I want I to I pivot too but,
1: Oh, okay. I, want to pivot. Uh, I want to pivot to the end, Chris, which is of course the omega of this story.
0: Yes, yes. And well, okay. How do we like it? Uh, let, how do we like Stephen Thorne? Let me let me pivot to why I uh, may always call uh the, the Time Lords Le Seigneur de temps, uh <laughs> which is uh, to mention my 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 Brit Box boycott, uh, I feel like this should be a regular segment. Uh listeners know that i've stopped paying for britbox because as an experiment because britbox raised their prices and i want to see how much of classic who since that's all i ever watched on britbox anyway how much of it can i get from other sources uh, how long can i go before paying that monthly subscription again now uh, by the time you're watching it, it may be on disney plus so this may all be irrelevant but um but with this one the three doctors is on dailymotion.com uh, if you go there, you can watch it for free. The only thing is that you will have to watch it with French subtitles on the screen. But I say <laughs> that actually made The Three Doctors better um, <laughs> because <laughs> simultaneously doing like a Rosetta Stone thing here, <laughs> learning French. And I will now never forget Omega saying, Un, un Seigneur de ton." And sorry, French <laughs> people, I'm going to butcher, butcher the accent. Un Seigneur de Tompe? Deux Seigneurs de Tompe? Ah, la même Seigneur de Tompe. <laughs> <laughs> the same one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there are yeah. certain French phrases I will not forget now. Um, and there are actually several points in, in, the, uh, in the script where whatever they're saying, like, let's go, etc., is translated as allons-y. Uh, so you, that's perfect you have in you have a 10th doctor shout out in the 10th anniversary special if you watched on daily motion uh because you'll see Pertwee saying uh L-O-Z L-O-Z. that's amazing <laughs> wow
1: i feel like yeah. david Tennant was watching this on daily motion and that's how he got his catchphrase it's all it's all coming back <laughs> but those Omega moments must get yeah like you say they really get uh punctuated which they already are, with several exclamation points throughout, clearly. Oh my goodness. Um, man, what, is there a more yelly villain in Doctor Who history? He likes to yell. He likes his voice. He likes it at high volume. Um, you might call it over the top.
0: You might, might, and it's kind of interesting. I was just reading the actor, that the voice actor that they brought in to do Omega for this, next appeared mm. in Frontier in Space as an ogron. And I sort of feel like mm. <laughs> maybe that was a demotion because, because of his performance here. Because yeah, it's so hard to see Omega in this as anything other but than like the Kylo Ren of the Doctor Who universe. Like he's a whiny teenager. Yeah. Um, like, totally. and he's solipsistic, like a teenager. He's created his own universe in his bedroom, um, and, and yeah, just, you know, agree. He, he doesn't have the imagination to like really conjure up much except a chair. Well,
1: don't forget the gel creatures. It's like, yeah, let's just have some blobs. Help me out. You know, like green lantern. He ain't. (laughs) And I, you know, like the thing is I I don't want to slam him too hard. I do think it's appropriate for the script that he's kind of just this larger than life villain. He's very, very direct and says what he means and means what he says. And what he says is that he wants revenge and he can do anything he wants And he also wants to go back to the matter universe where presumably he would not have powers, I guess Mm. like he's a crazy person. So his motives change and he's probably a little more direct. Um, I mean, it makes his his motivations make a little more sense in arc of infinity. And we said what we wanted about that story when it happened, because that's more of a plot. Uh, Whereas this, he's just more of a force that, they kind of have to deal with. Um, I got to say, he sort of slips on a couple of those later lines. It feels like when he goes like, what do you do? Huh? At one point, like that felt like a bit, bit of a slip. Like he was like, at the, you, that's not as grand as I would expect uh, in terms of a line, his wail at the end. I don't know. What did you think of that? I felt like it, it seemed a little too rehearsed to me. I didn't really have a lot of sympathy, even though he'd lost his body and everything.
0: Yeah, and it's also yeah. hard to watch when you know he's coming back. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. I it's hard to have sympathy for Omega because yeah, there's there's just nothing sympathetic about him. And you could you could lean on his backstory, like he he is the you know the his was the the blood sweat and tears the Time Lord society is built on. Like that's an incredible hmm. metaphor to develop. For for all of yeah. civilized society, you know the things we don't see, the people who get sacrificed. Um, but and yeah, I think just, they've it's done it's more with that. A, they've done more with that in the books and
1: the uh, mm. audios. There is a good adventure. It's just plainly called Omega. It's part of a villain series they did quite some time ago, and it sort of goes a little deeper even into his psychological problems and stuff. I think I might. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but that adventure, by the way, also mm. has. One of the absolute best twists I have ever seen in Doctor Who, certainly in Big Finish, uh, at the end of the third episode. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but there is a massive twist in the audio Omega that it it is Mm. worth checking. And it's a cheaper one, too, because it's an older Big Finish. So I would definitely encourage people to check it out.
0: Well, I'm certainly encouraged to check that out. And perhaps that's something we can put in the show notes as well or on the website. Uh, we We have talked about... Uh, taking a side trip one of these days into uh, our favorite big finish. Um, Definitely got to get that going. Yeah, Yeah. definitely got to get that going (laughs)
1: sometime in 2024. That's a question we need to answer, but there are other questions we also need to answer. And those are, of course, the four questions to Doomsday. That was a very Omega line. Uh, Here's a question. The first one, it is, why did the randomizer take us here? I should do the all of these in a omega voice. No, I just realized.
0: <laughs> oh God, no! I couldn't. I'd be hoarse in five seconds. Um, no, I, I shall do all of the four questions in the voice of Patrick Trouton. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, really. I, uh, by the way, Patrick Trouton will also be annoyed by the fact that recorder is constantly translated as flute. Um, oh, he would guy. be yes poor guy um, but yes why did it bring us here because the randomizer is better than we are at being like seasonally appropriate like it, <laughs> <laughs> first of all like it took us to for remembrance day it took us to human age of family of blood which features a remembrance day featuring world war 1 it's perfect for that day um, and and here we are at the at the anniversary uh but just past the anniversary and it's taking us back to the tenth and it's perhaps kind of reminding us that uh Doctor was not always taken as, as seriously or as was as was as big a deal and you know, mm-hmm. uh it's uh we can still relax and have fun with the old wobbly sets.
1: Yeah, yeah, that works. By the way, if if it's translating recorder as flute, what do they do in this scene where it's like, oh, it's not a flute, it's a recorder. It just comes out I, across I, as yeah. like
0: it's not it's a flu. Yeah, it's, a flute. It's, like it's not a flute. It's a flute. Uh, That's funny. I yeah, something like. Or they, they they. I don't think they translate it literally. I'll have to go back. We can provide the screenshot and, on the uh, uh, on the Polto Open Twitter account. We'll, we'll look into that. I've got. I've I've I screenshotted all of the Alonzi. So we'll be posting those. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look into that as well. But yeah, so so what else have we got? Uh, any other direct connections? I guess the. We've, we've had a, a bunch of disintegrations um, yeah. in, in Day of the Daleks and then Human Nature. And and here we have just disappearances, not disintegrations.
1: Yeah, you have the gel uh-huh. creatures who can't even really aim. And I don't think they ever actually shoot a person. And and that person... No, no, they've shoot some unit soldiers, I think. And they, I don't think they disintegrate. But, yeah, I think I don't really have a lot to add to the anniversary thing. This is clearly... You know, it's just too apt. The 10th on the 60th, uh, it's an epic tale they're trying to do, and this was epic for the time and a bit of a reboot at the end, right? So, Mm. in this case, he's rebooted as the Doctor the Wandering Galactic Adventurer, which they deliberately did going in, and they're clearly rebooting Doctor Who here on the 60th. It's going to take a little longer because, again, the show's bigger. They have more to do, uh, so there's going to be three specials, and but they're going to reboot and we'll get a brand new doctor and brand new stuff. Um, yeah, not much, not much more than might, that. In my view.
0: Might the randomizer also be giving us a spoiler that there may be more doctors showing up in the specials. Ooh, that question
1: yes. has put tingles in my feet and they're going all the way up my body, but now it's wrenching my brain and I have to go back to our questions and I have to wonder, <laughs> What if the evil plot had succeeded?
0: Okay, so Omega's evil plot is to he just he just wants the doctor to keep him company.
1: Well, wants- this is the thing he is he says he wants revenge mm-hmm. and he's sucking the time lords dry of their energy. I just I I don't think he can do that if he transfers right because so he once mm-hmm. he wants his revenge, two he wants to transfer to the matter universe and just leave where he is. Um, but the only way to do that is to get the Doctor or so, just someone to replace him. And he chose the Doctor because he's a Time Lord and probably can actually can actually do that. He's probably like yeah. capable enough as a Time Lord to to sort of take over his antimatter universe. Um, so does that presume once he's free in our universe, he's just going to get his revenge by some other means? Maybe. Um, but then, because he realizes he he can't actually transfer. He, because there's nothing left of him, then he Mm. switches it. He adapts. I guess this is the equivalent of Omega thinking on his feet. He's just saying, like, oh, now you're just going to keep me company. Now, something to consider. Well, if he keeps both of them there, like, Mm. doesn't that mean Patrick Trout never actually regenerates to John Pertwee? And then that doesn't work, right? And
0: does he have to return Trout? it could be a Clara situation where you can kind of, you know, Clara has to be returned after her adventures with me and their TARDIS. Uh, mm, or a Mel situation. At some point. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of timey-wagy companion situations. Yeah. Uh, so you could say at some point, like at the end of time, when Omega's is finally sick of this double act, uh, he's going to return Patrick Troughton so that he oh. could become John Pertry and then John Pertry can just amuse him on his own. Uh, perhaps uh, sing a few charity songs. Hmm. So here's here's how I reconcile this and how it could lead
1: to the um the evil plot succeeding. So you have to assume again. I always assume the last thing doesn't happen. So he doesn't knock the force field generator out of their hands. It doesn't blow up, and he actually keeps them there. And but here's what happens: the Doctor is super smart, and clearly in the future, because Omega survives this he figures out a way to transfer with biodata and actually get into our universe. Now it doesn't work. And we talked at the time, we wondered whether that would have worked had the doctor not interfered or whatever, but maybe the two doctors or three, I guess, cause they're all th- over there, just ones on the screen. They figure that stuff out for him. It's like, wait a minute, you know, you can transfer. You just need biodata, and let's get you some, mm. you know? And they, so in other words, they cooperate they figure out a way to get him in the universe, but also on the promise that you're going to have to go to rehab. You're going to have to go to therapy and you're (laughs) going to take you back to Gallifrey. You're going to be reviewed as a hero. It's going to be great, but you got to drop all this revenge stuff, dude. And so, so maybe that happens. He gets therapy and actually becomes a great leader on Gallifrey.
0: I love (laughs) my goodness. Talk about a big finish series. I want to see happen Uh, Omega in therapy. Uh, the therapist like I feel like you're hiding your true feelings behind a mask why don't you take that mask off and see what's it no I can't take it off I'm invisible oh you feel you're invisible uh, what does this say about how you feel You see? no I'm literally invisible I mean it just writes itself it's fantastic uh, big finish call us
1: that's awesome
0: or, or maybe RTD call us if you want to bring Omega back because we do now have the Omega bingo yes we uh, do Yep. yep.
1: Um, and uh,
0: maybe not a bingo on Obi wan mentions. No, he's definitely uh, mentioned but, in many other places, hmm. particularly Remembrance of the Daleks. Um, By the way, while we're talking bingos, I, I really want to know if we've got a bingo on Beatles lyrics. Ooh, uh, because, of course, that line us. of Joe's where the doctor says, I, I am he. And Joe completes the lyrics uh, as, you are, yeah. as we are all together. And, Joe, I'm sorry. Uh, it's not cuckoo, kachoo, which is her line reading. It's gugu, gajub, and that comes at the end of the chorus. You just cut out the whole intervening line. Uh, so, okay,
1: in fairness, there was no World Wide Web to look up any lyrics of any song anytime you wanted <laughs> back in <laughs> 1973. So, Katie Manning, you have absolutely nothing to be ashamed
0: of. Um, Katie Manning had, like everyone else, I'm sure, a copy either of Magical Mystery Tour or of the uh, the the Blue LP, which was the Beatles' later years stuff. Uh, There's no excuse for not having a... a, a, I bet she had an autographed copy,
1: in fact. So (laughs) that's why she's great, among all the other reasons. And good question, though, um, about the the Beatles bingo card. But the question we actually have to answer right now is, where is the Clara splinter? Clara Oswald, of course, splintered in time at the end of the name of the doctor. She's somewhere in every single Doctor Who story. Where is she? In the three, count them, three Doctors.
0: All right. So I, I had two thoughts for this. Okay. Um, first of all, we've we talked in the past about Time Lady Clara uh, okay. pulling strings behind the scenes. Uh, I would venture to say that she's the one who, who is materializing things in the Doctor's TARDIS. Uh, and maybe she she's materializing that uh, that dematerialization circuit uh, without a full authority, or maybe she's the one who goes to the high council and say, "We'll we'll let him off his exile now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll just I'll send him the second. Yeah, yeah. Just sign here, here, and here. Thanks. Don't need to worry about it. Takes the paperwork off. Takes uh, takes care of it. More yeah. interesting, I think, is that there may be an antimatter chloro in the mm. antimatter universe and she was she's omega's ex um <laughs> and that explains why he's such a moody teenager moping about in his bedroom it's because she's she's dumped him she broke up um, with him oh that would drive any man him.
1: insane yeah
0: that's right and that sort of t- that that just tips him over the edge into into insanity uh and maybe he's okay. like you know yeah He's scrubbing his face oh. with acne medication too much goes invisible
1: Those are good I went with solving the issue which seems so obvious when you look at it like how the hell did that recorder get into mm. the force field generator in the first place it's in the console like it's not you're not just going to drop it in there so it seems obvious to me that she's she's on staff at unit HQ and at some <laughs> point she essentially just sneaks into the TARDIS and tosses the recorder in there. Um, why? Well, it might, maybe she has some future knowledge or whatever, uh, or maybe she thinks she's cleaning up. Who knows? But it's how else does it get there? It's like does it fall through a grating in the console or something? There's just it's it's just like it's just there, and it's like okay.
0: That- I think, isn't there a very, very quick blink and you'll miss it scene where you see the recorder falling off? Or maybe I read that it's in the script somewhere. There's a blink and you miss it scene. They just didn't shoot it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Something like that. I guess you could argue the doctor's console is just full of holes. (laughs) and Like, it just falls through Mm -hmm. it. I mean, yeah, I guess it's like an old thing. But I mean, I I like the idea of Clara playing a part here just because it's just so weird. always like, oh, come on. It's just right there. That's weird. That is weird.
0: So we should also, we should mention Clara in the context of the fact that this is the first time anyone in Doctor Who says it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. Those That exact mm. sequence of words. And ironically, it's in Pertwee's line, well, Sergeant Benton, aren't you going to say it's bigger on the inside than ever, it is on the outside? Everyone else does. Well, no, actually, they don't. They never said it before. Mm. Uh, and Benton says, is, isn't that obvious? Uh, and Benson is kind of weirdly the one who just kind of takes everything in his stride here. Yeah, you know, we didn't mention that. While well. the Brigadier is the one who's confused by everything. First time. So maybe time TARDIS, maybe yeah. Clara, maybe Clara is uh, Benson's girlfriend in this uh, at Unit HQ, and she's kind of talking to him all the time about these multi-dimensional concepts, um, so that it is just com- so he's not going to have his mind blown, and he can help save the day.
1: Right. That works. That can work. All right. Good job, Sir Clara. You're either on dematerialization duty, you're Omega's ex, you could be on staff at Unit HQ or you're Benton's girlfriend. Take your pick. But we got to take another pick here with the final question, the ultimate question, the only question that matters for the three doctors. What did we think of this story? Polta Open Rating System has six ratings. There's the Dalek, which is for a good episode of Doctor Who. The Ogron, which is for a not-so-good episode of Doctor Who. The Professor Hater, which is for a not-so-good episode, but at least we learned something. The Viscount Banger, which we reserve for the best of the best. The Fixed Point in Time, which is a show that is beyond rating, something we can't rate for reasons of nostalgia sometimes and occasionally for other reasons. Or The Lady Cassandra, which is an adventure with a paper-thin plot uh, but it looks good, especially with some moisturizing.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I'm tempted to sort of uh throw away references to Cassandra in terms of the you know, the gel monsters kind of are laughable, but they kind of look pretty. Like I I like the mix of colors there. Omega's got some fun disco stuff going on in his realm. Um and of course, it's just beautiful to see the second and third doctors together. I mean, yeah. look at the publicity shots of them and name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. <laughs> um, they, they're wonderful. Uh, I could also say Professor Hater because we have a Professor Tyler of Wessex University here who almost seems like the uh, the prototype for Professor Hater of Darlington University, uh, both meetup <laughs> universities uh and you might as well put professor Aja in this for all the good that professor tyler does in it he's barely able to explain anything um but no that's not my rating um and i'll tell you why and i had to back up a little bit and and talk about um my introduction to doctor who which was watching it with my dad and i you know uh my dad passed away last year a little bit regular pull to open listeners may remember um you know we we've Talked about a lot of poetry. Poetry was kind of the doctor that that he would watch, and then he passed on to me. And I was Baker was my doctor. Uh, Trautman was also his doctor. So he loved this one, and I so firmly remember watching uh, three doctors with him during the Five Faces repeat. Specifically, I will never forget the scene, the joke at the start where the the uh, the asked the doctor, "What can I do?" And the doctor says, "Pass me that silicon rod." and it's passed carefully from person to person <laughs> with perfect comic timing, and then the doctor uses it to stir his tea. That is, when I think of my dad laughing, I think of the laugh that he gave for that moment. Uh, it is Even though it happened in 1981, it is embedded in my memory. It will always be the first thing I think of for the three doctors is the fact that it made my dad laugh uh, in, in that very early scene. We'll never forget it. So it's a fixed point in time. It's got It is the very definition of a fixed point in time. In me, like it's a, it's a bad story. I don't recommend it. Like if you're coming (laughs) fresher, if you have no nostalgic associations, there are lots of reasons why this is just static. It doesn't feel like it works. You know, it's not as bad as some people feel it is. Like it's not an irredeemable. Oh, But but I, for one, cannot rate it. This is why we invented the fixed point in time rating. Um, and who knows? This may be the last one I ever give. <laughs> Maybe. Wow, okay. You went there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm actually going to
1: just be positive about it all, uh, while acknowledging all those flaws. I think this is a Dalek. I don't think it is a Viscount banger, as tempting as it was to give it. Because, um, again, you, there are so many obvious flaws. I mean, I, I don't think... I honestly don't think we've harped on the gel creatures enough, but I (laughs) Um, it's 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 again not not the best story. All the guys very one note. He's arguably way too over the top. Um, It's really a shame Hartnell's kind of barely in it, Um, but it's fast paced. And the interplay between the the two really there doctors, Pertwee and Droughton, is great. Uh, And it's super, super memorable for moments like the one you just talked about. Um, And everything that, for you know, with Joe talking about the Beatles, with Benton and the Brigadier coming in, uh, getting his exile lifted, seeing the Time Lords again. There's just so much here. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, I would say, it's just the right length for Classic Who. Obviously, all Classic Who is kind of too long. But four episodes, okay, it did not overstay its welcome. Just when you're starting to think, oh, I am really enjoying seeing these Doctor's interplay with each other, Patrick Trouton has to go and he fades away and you're like, oh, that was nice, wasn't it? Mm. That was a nice, nice adventure. All right. Let's let's go back to other regular Doctor Who's. So yeah, it's a Dalek.
0: <laughs> interesting. Well a Dalek fixed point in time hybrid. That's that's uh <laughs> ultimate result. Uh, I don't know if we have one of those yet. That'll be interesting to see where, where it lands in the final rankings. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy with that outcome. Like I think conceptually it's a Dalek. Like the 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 yeah. boxes that it ticks uh, makes it a Dalek. I, I think in execution, you know, a lot of it not the show's fault. Uh, it's that that's what mm-hmm. makes it a fixed point in time for me. Like the execution, like it just drags. If, if, if on a rewatch, uh, like at, at the time I would have said Dalek, at the time I might even have said Viscount Banger in in, yeah. in Uh But yeah, right now, if it hadn't been for the French subtitles, I would not have had that great a time watching this.
1: All right, folks, you heard our rating it's time for you to rate it. If you are on Spotify, go to your app, go to the poll feature on this episode and you will be able to rate the three doctors however you like. Do you agree with Chris? This is a fixed point in time. Do you agree with me that it's Dalek? Do you have some other rating you would like to give it or perhaps a write-in rating on the Q&A also in Spotify? Go ahead. Vote now. Vote often. (laughs) And Polls are open. If you're in line, stay in line. You betcha. Let's move on to what we're doing next. And to do that, we're going to have to activate a little device we like to call the randomizer. That's
0: randomizer right, which is this ma- materializing on our console in front of us right now. The Time Lords, the Seigneur de Tompe have given it back to us. Uh, I have knowledge of how the randomizer works. There's a codex. Pete has it. It's all the Doctor Who stories in sequential order. And Pete, I believe we've hit a milestone on this most milestone of episodes on this milestone day. How many stories has Paul to open left to visit? We
1: have, until tonight, (laughs) only 199 stories left to do
0: that's right, for the first time we were, we are in the ones <laughs> we were in the 100s uh, it's, it <laughs> remains to be seen how 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 long will it will take us to get back there because yes, as you say, as soon as Starbeast goes up, uh, and as soon actually as we determine that it's not an, uh, enough of an ongoing story to make uh, all three a single story, which I think is pretty clear that they're probably not going to be that Yeah. Um, then gonna, that'll bump it in up straight and up and to 100s
1: we're going to yeah. bob up and down the 200 mark a little bit here, probably.
0: <laughs> it's going to feel pretty timey wimey. We're going to be uh-huh. caught in a chronic hysteresis. Um, so we just need to do it a little bit faster. Um, yeah, okay, exactly. so doing it a little bit faster on random.org, which is how I choose uh, which of those 199 ones we go next. Uh, random.org uh, relies on matter and antimatter and recorders bouncing around in the atmosphere. Um, or, alternatively, just atmospheric noise itself, uh, thanks to a, a very Professor-like, uh, Professor Tyler-like figure uh, at uh, the University of Dublin, uh, who invented it, uh, Trinity College Dublin. Uh, thanks for that. So, it, uh, yeah, it's better uh, than actual computers for creating a random number because they just rely on algorithms, not truly random. Now, we also like to issue challenges to the randomizer, and uh, I'm going to give mine first, which is... You know, uh, I'll, g- I'll give it two choices, okay? Uh, you know, obviously I'm really interested in the Beatles connection. Hmm. Uh, so maybe give us more Beatles. Maybe we'll get the chase. Uh, maybe something else of the Beatles reference in it. Um, or give, give us a multi-doctor story. We've done so many. Um, you know, uh, we've and we've done so many around this era right if you if you consider the war games a multi-doctor story if you consider those uh, sketches of other doctors multiple doctors that might be a multi-doctor story so you know i'm going to include regeneration stories in that which we've done quite a few that's my challenge
1: that's good i'm going to say because omega as kind of fun as he kind of is to look at with the mask and you can appreciate as over the top of the as the performance is um just the lines that he delivers that said it's it's not that interesting a villain so take us to something where the bad guys are interesting whether the monster or the mm. villain there's there's some layers to it give me give me some good monsters not just that they look good but like are they interesting give me something with some interesting bad guys randomizer that's what i'd like
0: all right i think we need to we append a, a please to the randomizer at the end of uh, <laughs> Every request because otherwise, oh my goodness. Uh, oh my God. Uh, the thing it's it given us in the past. It could give us the wrath. We'll see. Are you ready for the, the countdown? Ra- the randomizer. Yes. We'll be unleashed in
1: four, three, two, one. Run, you clever boy. 64. 64. We're still in World 2. We are, but we are at Nightmare of Eden. Whoa, Bob Baker, Dave Martin. no, actually, just Bob Baker.
0: Just Bob Baker, okay, yeah. yes.
1: There's your connection, randomizer. Boom, the it's the only story he did without Dave Martin.
0: That's so, so funny. The randomizer really does listen to the whole podcast, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I know. This must be the first podcast we've ever mentioned Nightmare in Eden. Uh, <laughs> <Nightmare> <laughs> Eden. you're probably and- right. And uh, there it looks. We're going to be very careful about other stories that yeah. we reference. All right. Back All to right, the Tom folks. Baker era.
1: It's going to be great. Folks, thanks for listening. This is Pull to Open. It is a podcast. That podcast is a great thing to subscribe to or follow in whatever app you're in. So please do that if you haven't already. Uh, follow us on social at Pull to Open 63 on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and various other places. Uh, TikTok and Blue Sky we are pulled to open don't forget to leave a review or perhaps a homoji title Uh, thank you Martin West as ever for our music and we'll see you next time for a night a nightmare the nightmare no it's just Nightmare of It's just Nightmare
0: of Mm -hmm. Eden you betcha and yes we will see you with the fourth Doctor in a very Douglas Adams kind of situation on an interstellar cruise ship Uh, looking forward to it haven't seen this one so it's going to be fun See you there, guys. Take care, folks.